The future of health coaching. Opportunity, action, impact. Brought to you by Teleosis Institute, coaching and narrative healing. Hi, this is Joel Kreisberg, and I'm with another episode of Conversations in the Future of Health Coaching. I'm very excited to be here with my friend and colleague and fellow coach, K.O. Hallinan. K.O. is not only from Finland, where he, will, he is live tonight through Zoom, but he's an experienced coach, and he works with leaders, management teams, business teams. Uh, in a, we met at the Integral Coaching Canada training, so he's an Integral Master Coach, but he's actually studied with quite a number of very prominent leaders and coaches, and particularly Enneagram teachers, uh, Dr. Ginger Lappe Bogda, and of which Keho is now a certified in coaching with the Enneagram and consulting with the Enneagram. But actually, Keho also studied with Will Schutz. I know that's one of his uh, mentors over the years, uh, Reverend Charles Palmgren, uh, Roger Reed, Paul Hershey. Uh, actually, the list goes quite a bit. And uh, overall, though, it's it, he's here to share with us his uh, use of the Enneagram in coaching. So, Keho, welcome to our call today. My pleasure. I think a good place to jump in is, you know, how did you get interested in uh, Enneagram? Well, actually, it was it was um, in the 1990s already, but then it didn't strike me as interesting. Ah, okay. But then later on with the Integral Coaching Canada, mm. uh, where I was told that that um, I'm a bit of an escapist, ah. and uh, that sort of struck me. And and <laughs> my next question was, what the heck do you mean by my being an escapist? Mm. That's how I got interested in the enneagram. So you you were told, and you seem to think there's something to it. Yes. Ah. <laughs> and actually, the first ever um, approach of on which describes human personalities, uh, which challenges the human personality that, mm -hmm. that I seem to be attached to now. Hmm. How so? How do you see that connection? Well, basically because, well, I'm an Enneagram 7. Mm -hmm. That was my escape path uh -huh. in the world of adults. Mm -hmm. And... and um, so I did anything I could to avoid pain. Mm -hmm. and, and so did that translate into something in your professional life, interestingly? Rather than going personal, let's go professional. So does that show up in the way you... It did. It did, yeah. it did because I went from one approach to another, trying to learn as many approaches as possible. Mm. Um, and and that to me meant that if I could master uh, 20 to 30 different approaches, then I certainly could see human beings for what they are. Interesting. Interesting. <clears throat> Which was really true. Yeah, so seeing that pattern of wanting to collect lots of, it's a kind of an intellectual materialism, but it's all, and it's also a little bit expert, right? Logic, I, I'm going to become good at this and this and this and this and this and this and this. But you see a sort of a meta pattern. I do, I do. It was, it was about um, not really stopping to look inside. 
Uh-huh. And is that a seven quality? Um, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. So then becoming aware of seven and becoming aware of this pattern in the self, <coughs> and then how did that transform your work? Well, I think the biggest thing was to understand that, that um, uh, because gluttony is the, what, what is called the deadly sin of the seven. Mm-hmm. So it's trying to uh, uh, get in as many things as possible, uh, never really stopping to reflect on, on what this thing, what this approach actually meant that I was studying. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time before I could come back to to what I had studied, mm-hmm. and and so it was sort of an escape pattern, <coughs> escape pattern which which I get repeating, mm-hmm. and it took me a long time to get deeper into me to do my inside job. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So then you're saying, so, I mean, it's interesting because we're learning about the seven. I didn't, I didn't, we hadn't planned it, but it's not that we did or didn't, but we're learning about seven. Is that, a, it's a, is seven, is part of seven's work to become more reflective and more embodied as self? Yes. Mm. And to, to reflect ex- especially on the shadows. Mm-hmm. The shadows being what is outside of our awareness. You know what we can't see, but the, how we're acting or the impacts of our actions on the world. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, most people know what shadow is, but it's good to define that. So it's interesting because you're sort of actually giving us an example of how this the, the enneagram informs the way one can work with somebody, right? Because you're saying you I, I can identify a pattern of the way I show up in my work or my understanding of the world, the way I do things. And then from that, I can better help the person make changes. I can coach. Exactly. And, and uh, one of the things that I, I figured out with, with my typical patterns as a seven was that I had a very strong future orientation. Mm. And I tended to neglect uh, what is there in the past mm-hmm. for myself as well as for my clients. Mm-hmm. and right. and uh, yeah that was that was a um, a moment where i needed really to reflect on on uh, what i was doing because my the core of my coaching is is about seeing the person as accurately as as i possibly can mm-hmm. and seeing the world through the person's eyes mm-hmm. now in that part seeing the world through the person's eyes i tended to see the future in the person's eyes, mm-hmm. but not the past. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So well, now what you're describing is our own filter, our own bias affects yeah. the way we're able to work with and coach another person. Mm-hmm. And, the, and then, and, and, and so then the Enneagram also becomes, is it, would, would we, is it fair to say that our own type becomes a kind of a bias? Not only a bias, but also a defense mechanism. Ah, so it's both. It's both. Because it's um, um, our real self, when we are born, 
is there but when we try to get along with in the world of adults we we sort of build different capabilities to survive and those capabilities survival capabilities become our both our biases and our defense mechanisms mm -hmm. so we actually take a route away from our real selves mm -hmm. And I identify with the patterns that we feel that have been successful. So we, we ident identify or we disidentify with the patterns? Just the, We identify with the patterns. Yeah, we identify with the patterns. Okay, got it. Yeah. There was just, there was the choppiness. Okay, interesting. So then, you know, once again, what you're describing, and let's, you know, we'll back up slightly. Not everybody, most people are going to click on this because they know something about the Enneagram, but not everybody does. Like we're talking about the Enneagram, which is uh, often kind of, you'd say it's a way of psychologically typing. I don't know mm -hmm. if people, I don't like that. You know, psychology brings a lot of thoughts to people's head, but they're types. Yeah. There's nine of them. And most people, you know, it's, it's designed often to self-identify. And at the same time, professionals start to learn how to do identification less because I'm going to tell you what you are, but more is perhaps through our conversation, I can help you figure out what you are, you know, what type. And uh, if I know them, it, it, it allows me to better facilitate you. Yeah. Well, personally, I, I prefer the, the term style over the term type. because ah, style. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. The the time the term type is more or more or less stagnant. Right. <coughs> so yeah. so style is more flexible. Yeah. Yeah. Style. I like that. Style is a good word because it's and it starts to sound like an orange. <laughs> sorry, I've I've uh, had um, have had a, a terrible flu. So yeah, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Are you okay? You want to pause for a sec, or are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. I'm fine. Thank you. That's fine. Um, you know, style is really interesting because it becomes an orientation. And that also is a nice thing because we were talking before the conversation, the Enneagram, they're not static styles. The style moves under stress. I go to a different style under, you know, I can grow into a style. I have wing styles, you know, and so we use, I often see that, and I, I can't tell you how many people I've met who who say, well, I, I identify with this particular style, or I use the word type a lot, so interchangeably. I also can see a bunch of this one, and they're not the ones that are connected. <laughs> you know, they're not the, you know, so I don't want to confuse everyone who's listening to them, but it, it, it is a very fluid system, let's just say. It is, it is, and, and, and my style actually is a door out of my real self, but it's, it's also a door back to my real self. Ah, nice, nice. Because in the beginning, actually, we have all the styles in us, all the nine styles in us. Mm -hmm. But we prefer to, to, in order to survive in the world of adults, we prefer to, to um, focus on some uh, behaviors and, and some aspects or, uh, of, of our own energies. Mm -hmm. And because of that, we build personality structures, which become actually our styles and they become our biases, they become our defense mechanisms. And when we mature as adults, those same styles challenge ourselves. Right. right. Challenge us. Right. 
Right. And that's interesting. That's a, it's a nice perspective because it, and, and we didn't do this deliberately or maliciously. It's just, that's the way human development goes, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's like, I, I don't, I don't think we want to be hyper romantic about this idea that we were all blissed out when we were like, you know, it's three months old. It's like, you know, you're developed into the world. And as you become more consciousness, you make choices. We make choices and they become orientations. And over time they become habits. Mm-hmm. What you just said, they become all those things. And so there is this wonderful moment as an adult now, right, where we have a choice of whether we want to, like, decide we want to look under the hood of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And say, I want to have a, I want my engine to run as, as, a, as clean and as effectively as possible. And, you know, it's a great moment. I actually, I, I, I have an easy access to it because it, it's when you're sick is when I think that moment is, right? So that's why I do health coaching. And the opportunity then is actually to become a lifelong learner. You know, and we know if you become a lifelong learner, you know, there's a lot of data that says besides having more satisfaction in life, you you actually have better outcomes across the board, better relationships, better jobs, better health outcomes. Uh, It's really a wonderful thing. So then the Enneagram becomes one of those tools I could use to examine what's happening under the hood and maybe discover that my engine's a certain style. Yes, and it also becomes a tool for us to understand why why some other styles irritate us more than others. Oh, yes, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> right. Which is a little bit like it. certain engines go well in the you know in the snow in the North Country, and certain engines want to be in the tropics. And you know maybe you mm. will have a tropical engine, <laughs> you know, or whatever the engine is, right? Whatever style it is. That's interesting. So, so, you know, so in terms of your own coaching, you know, where you, you've given us a good example, your coaching has now evolved because you've done your own work with the Enneagram. Yes. Right. Now with a client, does it, where does it show up, you know, in terms of the process or are there, is there typical spots that they, you know, the interns, do you offer it? Does it just emerge? Well, usually when I coach with clients, I, I, I try to understand what their challenges are in their personal life and their business life mm-hmm. and how they respond to those challenges. Mm-hmm. And, and um, quite often I don't even tell them that I've recognized their t- style, mm-hmm. style. Um, but sometimes I do an Enneagram interview mm-hmm. and I have a set of questions for each style and and then I when I do the interview I I sort of verify with the client and how she or he approaches things mm-hmm. and often I ask the client to take an enneagram test so to speak mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and is, that, is the test is it is an online test or something you give them it's an online test. Right. It's a very simple, the simplest form of test is, is a description of, of the nine styles and asking the client which styles he or she uh, mostly um, identifies with. Right. And I just, you know, I just read, you know, Ginger Lapid Vogue does one of her books. And the first thing we do is go through a series of questions and identify our, our time. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and it's interesting, saying, yeah, so. mm-hmm. and it did, it's interesting that Rid Rohr, who's actually a, a Catholic priest and a connoisseur of the Enneagram, he says that 
if you don't feel uncomfortable when discovering your type, you haven't really discovered it. Mm, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. In, that, in that type or in that style that I discovered for myself, I have to see also the shadows of that style. Right, right. Right, which comes to me. That sounds like depth of understanding. Yeah, I see. I, I I see a flurry of. It's like I looked at this. It was like it's like the horoscope. I did the test. I'm a I'm a three. I'm a seven. I'm a helper. I'm a expert. I'm a you know. I'm a right a, a perfectionist. And it's like oh, that's interesting. And then it's done. It's like you didn't you didn't really kind of like really allow yourself to recognize what that means. Well, let me let me give an example of a real real life coaching situation where I identified a client style. Mm -hmm. uh, a CEO of an insurance company, uh, very close to be sacked because there are a lot of conflicts in the management team. And when I uh, coached him, I think it was the third coach, uh, coaching meeting when I asked him, um, do you sometimes, or, uh, firstly, he was, he's a guy who's very quick, very intelligent, um, very results oriented, very fast in his actions. And uh, people see him always uh, having the last word, even if he doesn't mean it. And then I asked him, do you actually sometimes sense the change in the atmosphere of a meeting without knowing exactly why. Mm. And he looked at me for a long time and said, how did you know? Mm. And, and uh, because he had this immense sensitivity within him mm -hmm. without the ability to put, uh, to put words to his sensitivity. Mm -hmm. And he, he's an Enneagram 8. Mm -hmm. Very strong, very powerful, very protective of his people. Mm -hmm. But this was his weak spot. Mm. And we started working on the weak spot, on the shadow. Mm. And, and it took about two to three months when his management team started asking, what's happened to you? You're different. And it's just, <laughs> I've taken some resources into use I didn't know I have. Yeah, which is so interesting because you, you didn't stop him from being a strong personality and, and you know, you, yeah. you enable him to be himself more broadly, right? Mm -hmm. So it's really, you know, in other words, then you're describing it as the opportunity of, a, of an Enneagram style to allow us to be uh, more fully who we are in the first place. There's nothing wrong with our native style. Exactly. No. Every style is a, is a good style. Mm -hmm. It's when we overuse the style when it becomes a problem. Right. Which is interesting because, you know, what fascinates me, what, you know, I'm contextualizing back to, I do health coaching predominantly, and I find that, that recognizing someone's style really allows me to, to help, to work with them in a way that really sit, sits well in their own, in their in their style, like I, I you know I have a good I have a good sense of of 
their 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 orientation and what's going to help work with them. So it's just so you know we don't identify. I don't identify any type in any gram style for my clients. I keep it as something I use in the design work for them, and so yeah. it informs the conversation that we're having. Mostly, I do the same. Yeah. Sometimes, when the person is is truly interested, then I start looking at. <clears throat> and the Enneagram styles with right. with the client. Right, right. So it's introduced at some point during the conversation. Have, yeah. Do you know anything about it? Would you like to know? Here's what I see. You gave a good example of the client you just gave about. It was such a strong feature of the Enneotype in him that you were able to give him a reflection that enabled him to really work with a key component of his Enneotype. Build new muscle, mental muscles. Yeah. Right, right. Right, which is a fascinating thing. So how does one go study this thing? Tell me about that. I'll change slightly. Well, firstly, um, just sort of getting an idea of the different styles and, and uh, which one sort of, of rings a bell for me. Um, and it takes a while before I actually um, get to know my style because for example, for myself, I was struggling between styles two and seven. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and um, gradually I, I sort of came to the conclusion that it's got to be the seven. I have a lot of tunes in me, mm -hmm. but yes, it's the seven. Mm -hmm. This also gave me a clue that, that I have more styles than just one style in me. Right. Right. It's interesting because can, can you can you say that gradually? Yeah. Can you say that you're uh, you're you can be you were healthy too, but your 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 the style that was more problematic was the seven. Oh, I hope I haven't lost you. I think I was unhealthy too and unhealthy seven mm -hmm. at some point in time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is that makes sense. Uh, unhealthy to too, because I was trying to help people, people whether they wanted it or not, mm -hmm. and um, I get escaping issues with pain. And just to give an example, uh, curbing my smoking mm -hmm. is really difficult for me. Mm -hmm. Because when I feel anxiety, I want to feel things in me from outside, and I, I smoke more. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really difficult for me to not to smoke when I'm anxious. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So that's a, it's such a good, good example because you know, this, in, the, in the health coaching context, you can see how then we understand our behaviors in a, in a subtler way. Rather than trying to fix everything, yeah. understand behaviors as a health behavior, but it's also a pleasure and an habit, and it serves a function, right? So you think so does that is smoking then more of a is that more of a seven habit or a two habit? Is would you say? Oh, I think it's more of a seven habit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Interesting. I just need to think of, of the, seven. The deadly sin of the seven is glutton. Yeah, I thought quite uh, interesting. Yeah, right. Mm. 
Interesting. We're having a little bit of bandwidth problem here, my friend. No, I can't hear you. Yeah, we're having a little bit yeah. of a bandwidth problem. It's coming in and out. Mostly it's going okay. It seems like we're live again. Good, yeah. I hope it doesn't disrupt the, the call for too long. I might want to not go on too long. It's a little shorter call. That's okay. So we study it by learning it ourselves, right? And, you know, but you, you, you took a course or several courses. Yes, I do. Yeah. And, you know, a course is like, is what, six months of study or what's mm -hmm. a course look like? The different style. Mm -hmm. Pardon? So courses like you know you 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 look at styles you practice you know, what do you you know how long does a course take? Well, for me, um, I took um, I think there were six five day courses, mm -hmm. and and gradually I'm sort of getting a hold of of um, the enneagram as a system, also understanding where I have far more styles in me than just number seven. I like that. So understanding styles in you, but you also see you're offering how much time it really takes to devote it to really get to the style. So this is not for the, there's the, there's the, I want to just understand my, my style. You know, I'll get a book, I'll watch some videos or I'll, do a weekend or, or a coach will identify it for me. And then there's really kind of, um, you know, if we're adding it as a skill to your coaching. And so yeah. was it easier, or hard, hard to, how hard, difficult was it to start to start using it as a coaching? Well, the, the biggest hurdle actually was understanding who I am in terms of the Enneagram style, mm -hmm. because the moment I, I more deeply understood who I am in the Enneagram uh, also uh, helped me understand how I may misjudge people, how I may mistype uh, people. And, and that was a, uh, that took a long time to learn. Mm, I love that. So that's really interesting because so much of what we're doing as coaches and healers requires, I mean, there's a way in which typing is valuable. It serves us. I used to do a whole, a whole uh, big pitch on how we're sort of biologically, uh, you know, our, our brain, our, our primary brainstem is we're supposed to look for opportunities. That's how we're, we're, yeah. we're hardwired. And, and rather than see that as bad, we can see, we see that as that's how we get good at it. I guess the, the expert, in us does that really really well and then there's another part that that all of us automatically biases us and causes us to have a, a misfire so to speak oh yeah oh yeah and and uh, there is another turning point in my my using the enneagram as uh, as a coach was when i started to get comfortable with my style mm -hmm. I realized that there's got to be something wrong in it because uh, my style actually getting comfortable with my style was about uh, not looking at my shadows. Mm -hmm. And that was a hard learning. Interesting. Right. And so you think it's a part of that studying was uh, interesting. Yeah, it's it's um, 
for me, as a seven, um, to translate my escapism into my real life, into real life situations, was a, a big thing because I don't like anxiety, I don't like pain, I do anything to avoid pain or have done in the past. So staying with the pain, staying with the anxiety, staying with my shadows, that was one of the biggest thing, things I learned with the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. Nice. And what that translates into is being able to do that with your clients. Yes. Right. And so then we've now described two different things. We've described, well, maybe three, but like I can, I can help the client. I can type and help work with them. I can type them or help them. I can identify their style. Forget the word type. I can help identify them to so help them identify their style. That's a method. But now what you're saying is, and that may be where you started. So that's why I say maybe three, maybe two that as I've learned my own biases through identifying style and work through them, then I don't, that doesn't, I don't have those biases so much with my clients anymore, which allows me to more fully serve them and help them achieve their goals. And be more fully And be more fully and, alive. And then, yeah, and more fully human. Yeah. And live more fulfilling lives. Yeah. It's, it's um, interesting that um, when I was coaching an ICT director of a, of a fairly large company, uh, he had been through a very difficult divorce process uh, a year before. Uh, his Enneagram style is five highly intelligent, highly sensitive guy. And, and after the first meeting, he said, I am at awe. How could you see me so accurately? And then he said, I wish my psychologist, my therapist a year ago would have had some of your skills to be true the skills I had at that moment were a fuller presence to whatever the client told me. Hmm. Nice. So now you're, this is wonderful because I'm just about to start. I've been doing a whole thing on presence. And so what you're observing is the connection between being able to be fully present for our clients by learning to be more present for ourselves in our fullest capacity. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. that's the muscle that the Enneagram is one of the tools to help us do that. You're not even collapsing it. It's a B tool. It's just a tool. It's a tool and one of the best I've encountered. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not for, for anyone who wants to go for quick fixes. Mm. Enneagram is not for them because it's, it's a learning path. Right. A delicious learning path, I have to say. It's something that, that uh, I use actively. And as I say, I don't, I, don't, 
I don't really talk much with the clients about the Enneagram, but I use it as what we call a lens in integral coaching. That's where you, yes. you said that we were, it's one of the lenses and a very vital lens. And uh, there are many different perspectives on the Enneagram and uh, I, I'm thank you for sharing us, you know, your experience with it. Uh, I think this is just perfect for, uh, for the, 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 the conversations on the future of health coaching. I, I think we're in a way that I, I haven't seen a lot of the application yet. Uh, and so we're introducing this as uh, a tool that uh, health coaches, because coaches, life coaches, executive coaches, coaches in general use the Enneagram, those who want to choose this approach. And so I've been having a nice conversation with my friend Keo Hallinan. And Keo, thank you for taking the time to chat with us tonight. May I just add one thing? Yeah, please do. Um, the Enneagram or any approach to understand oneself and, and other human beings will never take away the importance of understanding the substance the client is living with. Mm. So if the client is a business manager, I need to have an understanding of what it means to be a business manager as well. Right. Nice. Nice. Yes. So that's, one, that's a perfect, you know, so in other words, and it doesn't take away the substance of the coach. Right. <laughs> right. I still am coaching. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was a, that was a great... Uh, Great little, somehow that needed to come up. So thank you. So Keo, thank you for spending the, the afternoon with us today. Thank you, Joel, for your kindness and, and your sharp questions and, and uh, conclusions. You're very welcome.